0: Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. Well, for those that follow uh, my interviews, you know that, uh, I hope you know that that I'm all about taking risks in conversation. And sometimes it's really fun to kind of go and say, there's not really a plan here. It's it's not the old school, have a, a Rand McNally map in the car and sort of figure out where point A leads to point B. Uh, and that's that's going where I want to be today in this conversation. Uh, Ricky Blair of Platform 7, fascinating guy. We've already had conversation here off air. Uh, Ricky, I just want to dive in. Uh, we have a shared connection and we were just sort of talking about generationally how people approach and work with one another Uh, Tell me how you've approached platform seven in your professional career and how relationship has been a, either a, a core um, structure of what you've done and how you've built what you've built. Uh, How do you understand relationships in a way that helps you professionally?
1: Uh, Hi Rob, that's a great opening question. Um, I think I may, I may tweak the, the question on my answer episode slightly there, but I actually think. Relationships have actually been what has shaped my journey, my career, my life. And um, when I was a 16, 17 year old kid, it was literally the random act of a complete stranger. I tend to refer to this, this guy as a gift from God. A mentor came into my life and forever changed the landscape of my life. And that relationship, which whatever it is, 25 years on, is still as solid as ever. That mentor I'm referring to is now, who's now in his early to mid seventies. That relationship has literally influenced every single step of my journey up until today, where I've created this this, this platform seven operation.
0: Talk about that because we we hear words like you know mentors. Uh, we we talk about, and this is a male. Yes. I'm gathering. Okay, I'm always fascinated. If we sort of see, we're going to veer off here, Ricky, but I get the sense you're okay with that. I, I'm fascinated with male relationships professionally and the ways in which we can learn from one another. And that once we have, we've crossed the threshold where we can trust one another and the vulnerability is okay, it feels like we can learn so much and that those relationships can be the most powerful ones in our lives outside of maybe our spouses, if we have spouses or maybe parents or direct family. Tell me about sort of your growth just as a man in that relationship and understanding your vulnerabilities and being able to learn from another male in a mentor sort of role. Because I think that that, that is so key. It's something it feels like we're losing a little bit of, right? And maybe it's the digital world. I don't know what it is. But you're, you're hitting on something that I think is incredibly core to a very fast-paced world that we live in. And that sometimes if we slow down, we can learn a lot from other generations.
1: So I met this man as a 17-year-old kid. A year prior to, I left education and I failed the education system really badly. And at that stage of my life, I I was expecting to fail in life because education kind of suggests if you don't do well in school, you've got no chance. And I guess I went into this mentor-mentee relationship with this successful entrepreneur. His, His name is Nigel. I was vulnerable. My guard was down. And I was so open to guidance and advice. And I think you hit on a very good point here, which is one of the things I see young people struggle with is that sense of pride and ego. They feel like they know it all. They're not willing to show that vulnerability. And because I was in that position in life where I was doomed or I felt I was doomed, I kind of just welcomed this this, this man with open arms. And I was willing to just open up, be vulnerable and just, just go into a place and just share things. And be receptive to things in a way that I don't think many people in you know my age at that time were willing to do.
0: How much of that experience is baked into platform seven? And I love the tagline, the house of breaking free. Uh, talk about how much of it is infused in what you're doing with platform seven, because it, I mean, your personal story is obviously all over what you're doing here with platforms, platform seven. This is not, we're not talking about widgets and other. <laughs> things. This is. It feels very mission-driven and personal.
1: Um, I think it's mission-driven, uh, coupled with the need I'm seeing society for a change within the education system. I'm not going to spend too much time on my story, but if I give you like the key, key highlights, this man had a burning desire to help me. He changed my life. He taught me all the things that I guess I was never taught within the education system. When I was 24 years old, I set up my first uh, real estate business, commercial real estate brokerage, and almost as a way of thanking this man and paying it forward, I would only employ 16 to, say, 25-year-olds who they have failed the education system, or who were just so ambitious but weren't shown or taught how to do it. Um, by the time we sold that, it was a, yeah, thankfully, it went really well. We sold that company about five or six years ago. But... Not only were we known for being these good real estate guys, but we had this reputation of being the go-to agency that helped young, ambitious people who either wanted to succeed or didn't know what, to do, what they wanted to do with their life. So I guess what I noticed, I talk about mission, the, the mission has really been driven by this person's desire to help me and my desire to pay it forward. But I moved to America two years ago in the middle of the pandemic, and it's been a lot of fun. And I've met some amazing people. I've met, I've worked with some high-level entrepreneurs, uh, celebrities, musicians, uh, movie stars. But I've coached, but I've got no real desire to make the wealthier even wealthier or the successful even more successful. What I've noticed, I've spent the last two years looking at patterns and researching the education system specifically in America. It is is very different to certainly where I come from in the UK. And what I'm noticing is, You'll know this, what the landscape, most things in life change. Everything tends to change. Everything evolves, everything improves, everything, everything sort of becomes better. But this, this education system, it seems to have just stayed the same for a very long time. I mean, we're talking about a system that was created back in, I think it was 1635. The fundamentals have actually stayed the same. And, and there's some, been some key shifts in the last 20, 30 years. I mean... It's a real, 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 real easy one to, to, to sort of kick off, which is the internet. The majority of what people are learning in the education system is online, and I, I'm not I'm not here to criticise education. If you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant, go to go, go to college. Go, I, I, I get it, and I also see the benefits in college. But what I'm noticing is fewer people are going to college now than ever before. Enrollments are down, and you've, you've got young people spending three to five years of their life, saddled with debt. And this is, I don't mind the fact that they're spending those three or four years there. The debt within reason, I don't mind too much. I don't like either of them if I'm honest, but what kills me, and I'm actually seeing it, not just in Los Angeles or California, across the states, is you've either got young people falling into two brackets. One is they just don't want, they don't know what to do next. They're, they're confused or they're scared, I say scared. There's actually a thing, college depression, post-grad depression. It's a real thing. And the other thing is you've got people who are in a better... The other sort of bracket or lane I'm referring to is they know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're finding some sort of you know, um, joy or they're in the right sort of process post-education, but they're just ambitious as hell. They want to succeed. They want to have an impact, but no one has shown them how. And that is that is what created. I created. I refer to it as the, the alternative to college. Some people do both. Some people drop out of college and come and see platform seven. Some people never go to college. But you know, this is again the, the challenge I've seen is over the last two years, I'm seeing so many young people who do not want to go to college, who are saddled, who don't want to deal with this debt, who don't know what they want to do, but there's no plan B, there's nowhere else for them to go. And that's really all of these things combined. Between my mentor and that mission piece and also this gap in the market, which I'm just responding to what people are asking for. That's that's really the foundations, of the backbone as to why platform seven has been created.
0: So I've I've got a very simplistic response to what you're saying. So correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, and I'll I'll take ownership of my own perspective here. But I'm wondering, because it's very visual as you're talking. It's it's like returning the rental car and going over the spikes and knowing you can't back up and it's like, I made it. I'm wondering if it's just the people that are, you know, it's like, I'll say myself being in my mid-40s, we haven't figured it out. So how in the world are we going to help to share life lessons with young people who are saying, yeah, but I'm taking these courses. Where's the value? Most people who've gone to college and university don't practice professionally in the very degree that they spend all the money on. So it's like the whole system is convoluted in that, yes, you know, Ricky, you've got to take these courses. These are the degrees that you have to have if you want to become a doctor, these sorts of things. But then you get dumped into a system where you say, gosh, this isn't what they sold me. <laughs> right. So I'm just wondering, it's like we're all as disenfranchised with the system. I know it sounds very sort of I'm being a downer about it, but I it just feels like Everybody's disenfranchised, or most are to some degree, because they chose to be parents and not work. They chose professions where there was real passion, but they did what maybe they were told they should do. You know, it. So I'm with you, um, and I'm just wondering if it's just because folks like us, we haven't figured it all out.
1: I think if you look back at the history of the system, 1635 was when this system was created. We, we, it was, it was invented by big business. To create factory workers. We weren't, we weren't, it wasn't created to maximize potential, to discover a human being's gifts, to give them the best possible chance of having the very best possible life. It was you, you you literally, like if you look at school, you're in rows of desks, you've got a teacher in front of you. You are told to, you know, listen, take on information, do your job, be a good student. You're being trained to be you know, in inverted brackets, a factory worker, a modern day worker, a good member of society that is obedient, that does what they're asked to do, and goes and does a job.
0: That's a key word when you said obedient, like that to me really rings true, right? You, you know, that's why we track Well, at this stage, Ricky, you're supposed to have already accumulated this knowledge. And now that you're 10, you should have this level set, you know, of knowledge in, in sort of your, uh, your constitution. So we, we need to pe- Put people in categories. We need them to all fit into the system, and when they don't, it becomes very hard to understand or square it with the systems we've built over time. And to your point, they're they're outdated. Uh, let's pivot to to platform seven. Tell me about the name. What is? Tell me the meaning of the name.
1: Platform. My my desire is to my desire is to to give every single person we work with every young entrepreneur every young person we work with. To put them on a platform to be their very best version, to fulfill their best potential, it's a platform for them. Seven, seven's a lucky number. It's my lucky number. I'm big on numerology and things like that. But also seven is all about knowledge, wisdom, et cetera. And someone came up with the name. I just liked it. It had a nice ring to it as well
0: okay i but i like that I, I shouldn't sort of cast it off i think it's really i love the the origin of of naming companies and, and what they mean uh let's talk about the two lanes because the curriculum is really it's fascinating like i'm i'm so interested in this um uh, you, you've got me so interested i'm thinking do i need platform seven like you know uh so maybe maybe you can uh let me try it out but talk about sort of how you've put these together because this feels like the these seem like the kinds of Big questions. And I want you to lay it out for the audience how you've looked at the lanes yep. that you want, like that I'd want to have with my son or daughter when they're older. Like these are the kinds of things that I hope that they can walk away with and understand um, about themselves, the way in which they interact in the environments that they inhabit. Like it feels very, very real life. Obviously, that's what you're trying to, I think, um, you're trying to get across, but talk a little bit about the two lanes and how then they relate to mentoring.
1: I've, I've 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 taken all my learnings and the, from from whether it be mentors or from the, the successful people I've come across or my own experiences, and I've created curriculums. And over the last two years, I've literally just listened to what young people, what they want to learn, what they want to be taught. If I am going to ask you, Rod, if I was to ask you, what topic or what thing do do the People who left college, you know, who look back at college and think, what was the one thing they wish they learned about more than anything else? What topic was that? Any ideas?
0: I mean, the first thing that comes to mind would be uh, topics around practicality, like real world application. That theory is a real struggle for the, the younger generations to understand where it fits. Because I think we've been top heavy in that. We've struggled. We felt like the ivory towers had to be so theory based that if you were going to be in the practical world, well, then you went into the trades. And so let's just dump a graduate off to their first job and they'll get that on the job training.
1: It's absolutely one of probably the top four or five things that are listed. The number one answer is money. They don't understand money, how to make it, how to save it, how to invest it, taxes. It's just, it's like this minefield for them. They just wish they understood it and knew. But going back to your question, um, the two curriculums, what I'm trying to do is, A, make this efficient, time efficient for, for our students, for our for the people that work with us, and B, make it cost-effective. I want it to be accessible for the masses, not just the privileged. I don't want people working with us and coming to Platform 7, leaving saddled with big debts. So the way it works is they're very punchy. They're They're sort of three-month curriculums. And the two curriculums we've created so far is uh, lane one is for the lost and confused. And it covers things like how to figure out what it is you want to do. Um, it shows you about goal setting, manifesting, uh, the importance of, uh, of of how to treat people, relationships, um, real life practicalities, how to get a job, how to conduct yourself in the workplace, how to get ahead, how to differentiate yourself. And then lane two is all about getting to the next level, like you're doing well, but it's like you want to get you, you want to achieve big success. You've hit a roadblock, you don't know what to do next. And it covers again things like manifesting, being very clear on what it is you want, um, making hard decisions, following your intuition, uh, what the best, what the best, most successful people out there do differently, studying those people. Uh, Greatness, service, impact, contribution. It's all the things we weren't
0: taught. I don't know. No, excuse me. It absolutely, I think, paints a very clear picture. Because what you're talking about are the things that have historically been on the fringe. Right? On the fringes of of academia. It's like, we'll get to that. Or that's not really our space. We're going to focus in on the ones and zeros. And it's like, well, wait a minute. These young people they've got context. They have ecosystems they're a part of that are living, breathing ecosystems that impact them. And it may or may not sort of knock them off course and or not give them the experience or the opportunity to understand kind of their place in this world. So I I think it's really great in that regard. It feels very rooted in a way that I think we've gotten away from, um, in higher education. How, so tell me about the, how Platform 7 has grown, number of students, what's the big vision over time, Ricky?
1: Um, how it's grown, it's been very, very organic. Um, it's funny, I did, a, I did a podcast, it was a sort of a top 15 podcast in Europe about four weeks ago. And the two, the, the two women, they're, they're very successful entrepreneurs in Holland and the Netherlands. They've got their own Netflix TV show, and after the podcast, they actually said, "Right, we want to do lane two. They want to get to the next level with their business." <laughs> and because their listeners and their followers uh, heard this, I'm getting a lot of traction in Europe. But I'm starting to do so. I've got an event in uh, in Los Angeles. I've got 45, a group of 45. Uh, I'm doing live events with in in a in like an auditorium in Hollywood. It's quite a cool event space. Uh, and there, you've just got these goal setters, these dreamers, these ambitious people. No one has shown them how to do it. And I think just circling back and segue to where we were just before, I've been very, I feel very fortunate and privileged, especially in the pandemic. I got to coach, work with, mentor, guide lots of people in their 40s, 50s, 60s. But what I'm starting to realise is, you know, I look at life as a game, like a video game, and I feel like it's like this is like the analogy I see in my mind's eye you leave education, it's like the start of the game. And I feel that education should literally, like, like any game you play, you're given the, the rule book or you're given the, you know, you're, you're shown how to do it, the guidebook. We should be given that at the early stage of our journey. So really, I like to feel I'm give I'm, I've created the manuals, which I was given. I'm literally just passing on and paying forward what I've been taught and all the research I've done over the last 20 years, and I'm creating, these are the guidebooks and I'd rather give it to people in their early 20s, mid-20s or, or late teens rather than at 50s and 60s, where listen, you, there's always time for change, but sometimes it can be a little bit too late. You've made the wrong decisions, you made the wrong business course, you made the, the, the right the wrong life choices. I wanna have an impact where there's more, the most chance of having that, that change.
0: Ricky, where should people go to learn more about Platform 7, uh, learn more about you, and really get to the point where they can make a decision about uh, participating and, and changing their lives with what you've built?
1: I guess the best two options are the website, which is uh, platform 7 n.com or uh, Instagram, which is platform 7 v e
0: n Well, I'm gonna go follow you on Instagram. I hope this is the start of many conversations and I hope that each time it's gonna be, Rod, you can't believe the growth that we've just had, we've just experienced because it's incredibly um, necessary that we look at different methods uh, and ways of understanding how to educate young people. But more importantly to your your earlier point, integrating in what it is these young people are looking for. Like that shouldn't be a novel idea or approach, but I think that it is and I think you are potentially the right voice for it in that regard, right? Um, and I think I'm going to come to uh, even more um, rooted in my own uh, feeling of that with more conversations with you because you've got something here that I think is incredibly valuable. We want to make sure that we support Platform 7. Go check out the website, check out Instagram. Uh, Ricky Blair, fantastic to spend some time with you, wish you well, and I hope our paths cross again soon. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This concludes another chapter of On Balance, Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.